4: This is Paul Hawksby
5: and Charlie Baker and this is the Agent Jay Daly with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We had some live racing for you from Royal Ascot and yeah, uh, Rupert nice. Bell had a new toy <laughs> that he kept mentioning as you'll discover. Looking forward to seeing if He's still got it tomorrow, Paul. Yeah, indeed. Uh, comedian Milo McCabe, uh, also known as Troy Hawk on social media, you would have seen him. Very yeah. funny man. He Greeter's was on good Guild. form. Yes, right, the Greeter's Guild. Um, Alan Cochran used to play for Brentford and Spurs, also a manager back in the day in the Deodora League when they trialled kick-ins, which is what Arsene Wenger wants to bring back. And uh, Alan told us about his experiences. And man versus horse was finally won by man only three times since the 80s when it started. That's right, Ricky Lightfoot. firefighter and uh, trial runner uh, trail runner should I say he could be a trial runner runner. Uh, he joined us as well so here it all is Seven minutes past one, good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Charlie. Good afternoon, Paul. That that man v horse thing. I yeah. know he's
6: covering it later on. That is just at running, is it? It's not at like other events. Uh, well, it's like, there's, there's it's a spelling not... test. <laughs> <Yeah>.
5: <laughs> there's agility. Oh, is there, isn't there? Yeah. And then yeah. there's a
6: quiz. And no wonder the man won. Yeah. You know, there's, because yeah.
5: <laughs> No, it's pure running. Pure running, is yeah, it? Yeah, I yeah, look yeah. forward to that. So we'll find out more. Yeah, yeah. there's two firefighters, two people who've been in the fire service with great achievements who will be chatting to us yeah. today. Um, and one of them is the man who beat the horse in the Race. and kickins that does sound like you know they
6: bring out these vegan meats now yeah <laughs> kickins does sound like ch- vegan chicken
5: do you think it Doesn't does it, you, do you know what I mean? <laughs> this is the
6: new kicking.
5: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. To, just to come along, you know, we're special offer on kickings. Is it vegan? Yeah, yeah do you vegan, know what I've is. gone with it, Paul. You have? It's bold. <laughs> enjoying your kicking. I, mean, look, I wouldn't open hey, with Paul, it. Paul,
6: you enjoying your kicking. Don't you mean chicken?
5: <laughs> well. Oh, I see. <laughs> see is it kicking? It? I cannot believe it's not chicken. <laughs> exactly. Well, it isn't. It's kicking. This is, Charlie, it's a terrible ad <laughs> campaign. <an laughs> start. It's a terrible ad campaign. start for really, the afternoon. Really dragged us down on <laughs> a real big nightmare already. Of, big afternoon of sport. <laughs> Huge afternoon of sport. Yeah. Oh, anyway, um, among the things we'd like to get the listeners going on uh, is uh, the great thing about Mark Noble, of course, as we all know, is he would clear up the away dressing room. When, he, when they left the ground, Yeah, uh, he would want it to reflect well on the club he loved. Yeah. So he would sweep up the dressing room, clear up the dressing room. And, of course, he has left the club now. He's it, not he's Is this not a new the
6: habit thing. of players? Or is it just because people started <clears> taking <throat> photos and putting them on... No, I don't, it always I, mean, I, I can't imagine in the think, 70s or 80s. You no, know? I
5: don't think it's always happened. No. You know, I think still there's a lot of teams that deliberately sort of smash the place up, yeah. like some old rock band. John Steele's Cambridge, you know. They liked it. Well, uh, they liked to... Uh, John Beck, John Bank. John Beck. Yeah. yeah. John, they, liked John to, they liked to leave it. I mean, I don't know if he
6: did that. He might yeah. have insisted they repaint the place. I don't know why I brought him up. But someone was saying, You know this Vim Hof thing, this whole yeah. cold water... Mm deal with the cold situation. John Beck used to make him have cold showers before oh, no, he does head of yeah, his time pool. Used to
5: hose them down. Yeah. Oh, Wim Hof. one of the listeners once contacted he was at Glastonbury many years ago and went to buy an ice cream and John Beck was he said, I'm helping a mate out. He said, he oh, was a Cambridge <laughs> fan. Aren't you John Beck? He said, oh, I'm just helping a mate out. I get to watch the music. Yeah. What do you want? Do you want a flake in that? Yeah.
6: So yeah put, put it in water before you put it in the
5: v The unlikeliest thing that yeah, I mean it's true in that guy's life he can always turn around and say John Beck, the former infamous former Cambridge manager, once said to me do you want a flake in that, mate? <laughs> Do you want some strawberry sauce on I'll that? Eat that. <laughs> so maybe it might be quite nice the juxtaposition, if I may use that term. Why not? Between the level of fame and the phrase. The, the, phrase yeah, they they, you, yeah. the phrase that they use. What a good idea. That I don't is know where bold. it's going to take us, but it has but to be the famous person, the, the actual phrase they said to you, and yeah. in what context. But I think we'd like to start if you send them in to us at talksport.com text eight ten eighty nine tweet T S H and J with the celebrity, with the Phrase, and then we want the backstory afterwards. Perfect. So we can just do the two and we think, in what context Perfect. did Pelé say that to you? Exactly. He said, yeah. uh, can, I, can I see your ticket? Yeah, and that's, in what context <laughs> did Pelé say, can I have a look at your ticket, please? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let us know this afternoon yeah. so we've got you to work. The reason yes. I, brought, uh, I brought up Mark Noble yeah. is that Ben Johnson, the fine West Ham uh, player, under-21 player, has said that's his gig now. Oh, is it? Yeah, he feels like, as one of the younger members of the team, he's quite happy to take that on. So and has that, he
6: chosen to take that yeah, on? Yeah, it looks you like
5: it. it. He, look, he said. Uh, what this if is, he's not playing, Paul? It's my. Well, you know, he works on the basis that he'll get games. He's a very okay. good player. So, Nobbs has gone, but he's going to step up. So, we just wondered about the roles uh, or the jobs that you inherited. Someone, Same, someone broom, do you think
6: be? Same broom. Same broom.
5: Do you think Nobs has a special
6: broom? He you hand t- it over t- to, to him. it with him. Ceremonial
5: broom the handing yeah, over. Like, like Trigger. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> so um, do let us know the roles that you inherited or jobs that you inherited when someone moved on. And indeed, the unlikely phrase that was used to by a very famous yes. person. And Lovely. in what context, but make sure we get the context after. Yeah. Got a very exciting afternoon A live sport. First off, we got the cricket to keep an yeah. eye on, which is delicately poised. That's lunch now, isn't it? So it is. So uh,
6: it's very good indeed. England, have, I mean, they... they should have tried to tie it up a little bit sooner. I think there was some yeah, very, very much loose, on. wide bowling bowling going on.
5: Lee's has gone for it. Pope's there, and if he, you know, if he keeps his iron, fingers crossed, we'll be okay. But let's see. We'll watch it unfold during the afternoon. We've got three live races from uh, royal ascot it's going to be very hot this week as yeah, we all know yes, a bit yes. of a heat wave which is one of the reasons apart from vincent company getting the burnley job and a number of players moving on that the weatherman john Ketley will uh, be joining us fantastic. today to tell you how to cope i mean if you're going to ascot later this week and you're wearing the full regalia <laughs> It's hot, isn't Quite it? Very hot. Got a heavy wool suit with a waistcoat yeah. and the tie and the top hat. Ladies' collar. Day, there'll top be, top be some hat.
6: fake tan dribbling down their legs. will be, legs.
5: that's right, yeah. They'll, it, it won't be incredible. great. So, um, yes, we will be chatting to John a little bit later on. The
4: Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
5: Kickins are in the news today. Arsene Wenger has been very keen, has been banging on about this for ages. They're going to trial them. Not for the first time uh, in this country should we get chosen as the guinea pigs. It's normally the Dutch second division that always seems to cop it for some reason. They must hate it being the kind of lab rats of world football. But anyway, they tried it in the Deodora League back in the 90s, mid-90s. And uh, it wasn't very popular. I was reading a kind of uh, load of fans talking about it. If you remember it, if you remember the kick-ins from that era, you supported a team, do let us know this afternoon what your experience of it was. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSH&J. One former uh, manager in that league was so incensed, he threatened to substitute or sack any player who took one. They went the whole season <laughs> without doing it. Former Spurs and Brentford player, uh, Alan Cockrum. Good afternoon, Alan. Hey, Alan.
1: Good afternoon, Paul and Charlie. How are you? Yeah, Great. Very yeah, we're well, good. Adam, thank we're you. good,
5: Alan. Appreciate you joining us to uh, relive those the, the glorious kick-in years. Why were you why were you so against them?
1: Oh, very simple. I was brought up at Tottenham for ten years, so it was almost illegal to play high long balls. and... I think, well, first of all, can I say thank you for dragging me back into this dystopian nightmare. <laughs> um, now, I, I thought I'd had enough therapy to get over the kicking, but now my uh, my Twitter account lit up last night and here I am on on uh, Talk Sport. Yeah. So, so yeah, it was it was a principal thing. Also, I was running the St Albans Academy at the time and I it was my first year, could you believe it, as, as manager. And I had to stand up against the whole of the Deodora League, so sort of 90, 100 managers, and decided not to do it. And you're fired if you do it, as I <laughs> said to my players. Um, so it was a matter of principle, yeah, real principle, because we'd come out of the abyss of 80s football and we were slowly starting to see the ball played on the deck. And all of a sudden it was... Uh, a comedy hour of games so it was the co- you would have laughed it was it was a great comedy factor hmm. but as far as playing football was concerned it was uh oh, it was the worst thing I've ever seen
5: I was reading some quotes from one of your players at the time and Andy Polston who was uh, saying that um yeah we didn't do it um and actually quite a lot of teams that we played against took against us because we weren't prepared to do it they weren't happy that we weren't using kicking it's a bit strange isn't it
1: yeah, I mean, I, thought, I suppose I was the youngest manager at the time. I was, I think I was 29 and and they saw that as, well, if we're all doing it, why aren't you doing it? Hmm. I mean, it's like anything, isn't it? You know, someone's got to make a stand somewhere along the line. Um, I couldn't see any advantage to it because imagine this, guys. It was a kick in from anywhere on the pitch and no offsides.
6: Right, Yeah.
1: So you can imagine, we even had left backs going to right back, right back going to left back to uh, take the kick-ins. So, and everyone pulled in the keeper on the keeper. So it was a it was a sizes sport. It was like basketball. Might as well had the NBA playing uh, with it.
5: It's so odd that Arsene awesome Wenger's so keen, Alan, isn't it? Because, you know, he's not a long ball merchant. And I think the rule will be that it's only in the opposition half you can have the kick in. But there will be, you know, for every side that plays it short and keeps the ball moving, because I think it's about keeping the ball in play. And he's maybe got this image that everybody will become, uh, you know, quite tippy-tappy and keep it on the ground and treat the kick uh, with respect. But there will be sides that just load the box and lump it in there, which is probably not what he wants.
1: <laughs> exactly. But the, also, I must point out about keeping the ball in play, it's the opposite because mm. you'd have managers with their wingers getting them to kick it off the defender's legs rather than taking mm. people on. And it was an advantage to have a throw in rather than a corner. So I calculated, I timed one game that we played in sunny greys one dismal January <laughs> afternoon, the ball was in play for 20 minutes.
5: Wow-wee. Wow, Wow. So I mean, like, hopefully uh, the trials will. Benefit, the the trials will ultimately show this. I mean, he's very, very keen on it. So it sounds like it's going to take an awful lot for him to be. Put off maybe but. maybe he thinks
6: because even keepers don't knock it long particularly anymore you know at all, at all levels of the yeah. league you know maybe he's thinking that it will be sort of come a bit more play it out from the back style but if you go down to you know Wrexham in the National League last year basically bought Ben Tozer because he was a long throw merchant to just try and lob it in the box so I think he would I think Alan's absolutely right people would just yeah start lobbing it in the box and you get six foot nine. Strikers back again.
5: Looking at your stats from that season, Alan, it didn't do you a great deal of damage. You were the highest scorers in the league, uh, anyway, by refusing to to take kick-ins.
1: Yeah, I mean, we was playing some. Ama- we had some amazing players, uh, and we played some great football. And a lot of the managers, when we played them, to be fair, would adopt the uh, the, the ordinary rules, should I say. Um, until we started beating them. And then the last 10 minutes, they'd go, all in, boys, get in the box, <laughs> smash it up, smash it up. <laughs> um, so, so it was kind of, it was. Uh, I remember Al- Alan Turvey, God bless him, the Deodora chairman, running me round the pitch saying I was out of order and this would be in the Football League in two years' time. And I said, there's no way this could ever be. And also, what we've got to think about, guys, also is the head injuries. Um, So if you're lumping balls up in the air to the keeper and six foot ten players, you've got to think about all the injuries that, uh, that can take place from that. I think, I think I think
5: Arthur maybe is judging the world on his own sort of aesthetic standards and, yeah. and what he expects from footballers, but maybe yeah. in reality, well, we'll see what happens. A do all,
6: wanna, sorry, Alan. A lot of love for you on the text uh, board at the moment. Yeah. Lifelong supporter of Saint Albans City. Alan Cockrum, remains one of the most technically gifted players I've ever seen. An absolute <clears throat> legend and total entertainer. And everyone at the club supported his. His decision not to do uh, kick ins, which is very nice. Yeah, there's a Alan-
5: memory of that sort of era. Um, Alan Cotton a legend at Brentford, says Brian from <coughs> Brentford. My mum was in love with his long flowing locks. You still got those, Alan? <laughs>
1: Uh, no, they've gone for a more sweat-back, bros look now. Oh, not bros. Um, oh, no, lovely. Yeah, nice. and, just, and I couldn't have the long hair. Just in case the kicking comes back in again, the uh, yeah. hair would flick me in the eye. So. Now, you,
5: you've you've in Brentford, you've established a football... Yeah, it's this, a beautiful story. you set up a football club, Brentford Penguins FC. Tell us a bit more about them.
1: Yeah, uh, five years in October, we uh, will be celebrating our fifth, fifth year anniversary. It's the best thing, guys, I've ever done in my life. Um, we started off with four kids and now we have 27. And everyone says, you know, you've got to be involved with something bigger than yourself. And the, you know, the results of the uh, of the children, what they've done in the last four to five years has been fantastic. And I must say, in the last. Season. Brentford has supported us a lot. We go to every home game and all the, all the supporters uh, know us. But it's not that. The kids are, are the most amazing people on earth. And I think if we all had DS, hmm. um, we'd be on a better planet because they really do tell you if they hate you. <laughs> yeah, we should,
5: we should point out we haven't said yet. All the, all the children involved the club have Down syndrome. It came from a friend of yours losing his son and you promised him then that you'd one day start a football club four kids with Down syndrome. And and I was reading a piece in The Guardian. So Mm -hmm. you say the way that some kids that come there and would often spend the first season not engaging and not getting involved, suddenly just, you know, changing completely and fully fully engaged.
1: All the kids are on a different timeline. And we've had my wife, you know, was with one kid for nearly two years and all of a sudden he just sprouted um, and come out of himself. But the feedback we're getting from schools of how these kids have taken off Um, has been quite amazing and I've got to give a shout out guys we're going over to charity status here's my little thing excellent, Um, and go to our website and support us please because we're going to need about 10 grand to get that off the ground so there's my little plug Um, but yeah for all the pair we've got two teams really guys the 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 kids are fantastic and I love them to pieces but the parents is such a support mechanism for the parents as well so yeah, we can only grow and get bigger and better, um, and that's thanks thanks to you guys as well for letting me speak about it. It's a pleasure. I,
6: I, I read that into as well. And yeah. you seem um, a man full of empathy, Alan, and, and uh, full of all, all the right ways that football should be played and what football is best at doing. And uh, we play for Tottenham. Yeah, you well, oh, that's a shame. <laughs> Other than that, you know, but uh, really, really, really interesting. And did you enjoy your flight in the Spitfire? Yeah, that was, a, that, was that was a lovely touch, wasn't it? Oh, that was wow.
1: a, a thank you. That was a thank you from the Guardian. I mean, yeah. it was, I was a bit, manan nan always taught me to, if you don't ask, you don't get. And I saw mm. the other Guardian articles and people were getting potted plants and Chinese dinners. Yeah. And I just said, all right, well, I want to fly in a Spitfire. And they, <laughs> they know. Um, and the beauty of it as well was a lot of the kids were there as well and they they took them up in a plane next door oh, to me. Oh, fantastic. So they were able to see uh, Flight Lieutenant RAF Flight Service Cochrane flying his Spitfire.
5: Yeah. <laughs> well, good keep man. up the good work uh, uh, over at Brentford Penguins. Good to talk to you, Alan. All the best. I'm sure you're going to get, get a lot more people wanting to know about your kicking yeah. experience over the next couple of months. But all the best. Good to talk to you.
4: Love you guys. Appreciate it. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily
5: Podcast. Now, we've got live racing from uh, Royal Ascot for you this afternoon. And uh, we, we now turn to man versus horse. Oh, that won't be obviously going on, I wouldn't no, think. Why not? Something would have gone badly wrong if it does, at, <laughs> uh, especially on those sprints. Um, but no, um, for the third time ever in the race uh, between man versus horse, the man has won. 37-year-old firefighter from uh, Deerham in Cumbria, Ricky Lightfoot. I believe Ricky joins us now. Good afternoon, Ricky. Hi, Ricky.
7: Yeah, thanks for having us. Oh, pleasure. No yeah,
5: well, congratulations. Yeah, the third time ever. Uh, it's, it's the first time since 2007. Now, um, kind of tell us the format. We know it's a 22-mile uh, trail. Um, so how does it work? You know, I mean, you know, the horse isn't alongside you, nip and tuck. How does it work?
7: Yeah, so so the the, the the mass field starts off first, those on foot, and then the horses start about 15 minutes behind. So this is just because the some of the trails are quite narrow and there's a lot of single track and stuff. Uh, the horses don't actually follow the the exact same route as the runners either. Right. They take slightly different detours, obviously, because there's there's fences to cross and gates to go through and and one thing and another. So yeah, but they do come onto the the same trail quite a lot, and um, we you know runner does cross path with horse quite quite a lot on throughout the route.
5: And it's not just one man, you versus one horse, is it? Are there, there's run as the number of runners and the number of horses.
7: Yeah, so there's, there's a real there's really teams involved in that as well. And um, yeah, I think I think the there was about forty five horses started, and there was about maybe six or seven hundred competitors, and that wow. included the relay teams. Mm.
5: I mean, obviously, as he's only been done three times since the eighties, the expectation was you wouldn't beat it. Or did you quite fancy your chances going in?
7: I don't know. I was. I thought. Uh, said. I said to my partner. I said I was quite quietly confident of beating the horse, but you know, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I thought I wasn't sure at all because I just arrived back off holiday off a delayed flight at four thirty that morning, so oh. I had not slept the night before, and I, ter- I turned up to the race pretty well late and. I was absolutely shattered, and I thought, well, I'm here. I'll i just give it a go and see what happens, and it turned out all right in the end. Yeah. Amazing. And did the horse look embarrassed at the end, or...?
5: You didn't say it. You must have been tempted. <laughs> it would have been, yeah. You must know, have been tempted to say, why the long face? But I'm sure you, I'm yeah. sure, I'm sure you didn't do that.
7: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that. That joke's been quite a oh, lot oh yeah uh, okay we're,
5: we're, don't no, expect originality from don't, us
6: don't shout them out tick them off yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> and so what sort of did you do any special training or are you are you a trail runner is that is that your weekends
7: yeah so I'm I'm, I'm pretty much used to running on that sort of terrain hmm. um, you know for the over the last 20 years so yeah it was a it was a great race to be part of
5: and what I mean what about the I almost went then, which I didn't intend to do. What about, I mean, what made you feel that you could beat the horse? You obviously watched footage of the race before and knew what the, the format was like. But what 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 made you so confident, considering it hadn't been done that often?
7: I don't, I don't know. Actually, maybe it was just me being naive because I've since since I've got home, because like, obviously everybody sort of made a big deal of beating the horse, which I, mm. I understand is, you know, it's only been, this is the third time it's only been beat, but I look back over the, some of the old results and seeing the people We've run it in the past and there's been some really good competitors. Um but I guess it I guess it depends on a lot of things so as well. I mean the quality of the horses turning up the quality of the runner the terrain the weather obviously the weather has a big effect on mm. the horses competing. Um so there's a there's a lot there's a big mix of things what to add into the equation and I guess this year it was just just the right mix for a um, a, a person to win. Yeah. And yeah. I mean what what's the prize money so how much do you get for it? Yeah, so it, it rolls over every
6: year. It's not won um, by £500, so I picked up 3500 this year. Great, great news. Oh, very good, good stuff. Good a lot of, nice. of hay. it. <laughs> lot yeah, hay. That horse. <laughs> Horses missed out on a lot and of And what apples. a brilliant story you've got for the rest of yeah. your life. That's right. You know, when you're a little old man, I'll beat a horse once. Yeah, I'll beat a horse in a in race. race. Don't Oh, bully. shut up, granddad. granddad. <laughs> Granddad's gone all funny again.
5: <laughs> is granddad all right, Nan? What's happened to granddad? Uh, yeah, but I did, I beat a horse. You've got I mean, you got photographic evidence. I see that you've been, this has been covered all around the world, hasn't it? Uh, CNN, I've been seeing. So, I mean, uh, yeah, you're, you're quite the celebrity.
7: Yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been pretty mental, to be honest. And I was back in work on Sunday and yesterday on Days, and I'm on nights tonight. But then these last two days, there's been, like, people from all over the world. And, you know, I've just yeah. done an interview with somebody from Spain, and last night it was Can- somebody from Canada. And um, I just, to be honest, I didn't realise how, how big it was going to be by beating the horse. Yeah.
5: And your fellow firefighters, they've been, there been a bit of banter flying about when you went to work, was there?
7: Yeah, there's been, there's been a bit, a bit of, uh, yeah, there's been a few of jokes that. put around, anyways. Give me a Cuba
6: sugar if you do good yeah, work. Do you fancy to... racing any other animals at all? Are you sort of looking at cats and stuff now, thinking, man, I versus, man, man versus man versus, versus cat, cat. tough. But can you make Cat would easy win that.
5: But the cat would just not stick. I mean, you know, you cat need, would easy you win I, that I mean, obviously the horse is not running wild in this case. It has somebody on board guiding how, it. How
6: long do you think? How far can a cat run? A long way, I think. Could... Look, Charlie, don't worry about that.
5: And the and the cat could be racing a mouse. This
6: is a brilliant racing series. What a brilliant racing series this is. It's like the old lady who swallowed a fly.
5: It it very (laughs) much is. (laughs) Look, it won't bore you anymore. Sorry, I've taken it down the
7: wrong way, Ricky. I apologise.
5: Congratulations, Ricky. Thanks uh, for joining us. Appreciate it.
7: Yeah, thanks very much for having us. Cheers.
5: Here we are, uh, Ricky Lightfoot there, a uh, firefighter from uh, Cumbria. Great who brand name for it as well. Isn't beat a, beat like a Lightfoot's a great name for a horse. It is, yeah.
6: It, yeah, it is. is, isn't it? Yeah. Colly- remember- follyfoot, wasn't it? Follyfoot, Follyfoot, Follyfoot. you sure oh, that's that? the thing too? That's the thing too. That's just a bloke repeating <laughs> Follyfoot in the <laughs> Jimmy it? Somerville style. Follyfoot, Follyfoot. Find it, Jamie. Can we find um, Can we <laughs> yeah. find Follyfoot, please? I bet it's not- nothing like
5: that. <laughs> I think you'll find it is. Folly so foot. we asked you uh, this afternoon. Um, the, the, what, in what? Why did? What kicked this off? It was the celebrity. Stop singing Follyfoot. So, <laughs> the celebrity and the and the phrase that they used, the unlikely phrase that the celebrity used in your company. Yes, lovely. What, you, what, that, what was it that kicked it off? So one of the listeners knows. might remember. Um, so what we want from you is the celebrity and the line that they said, and then the backstory, the context of it. So we, Jude Law. Oh. Can I put some more sand in? <laughs> that was the phrase that was used to the Talk Sport listener, Dom, the Saints fan. Whilst working at the Needles on the Isle of Wight, June was filling up his lo- uh, his glass lighthouse with his family. Oh. Whilst I put the stopper on for him. What, have you ever been there, there? Paul? The Le- Needles? No, no, I've been course, the island. I've nice, not. I've not needles, been the Needles. Nice, lovely. Yeah, no, no, great, no. Great stuff. Thank you, Dom. That's perfect. So, uh, perfect yeah.
6: one. Uh, uh, do you want Nathan Delfonso.
5: Yeah. Do you want some fruit pastels? That's nice. That's a nice one. What's isn't it? the context? Charlie? Said to
6: our daughter, who was a ball girl, as he was about to go on the pitch, it was only half a packet. She
5: said yes, by the way. Hey, nice. Some, that's nice. So do keep it? those coming. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet uh, TSHNJ, T-S-H-A-N-D-J. Uh Boys, will we back out uh, shortly. I think they're back out already. Uh, Here they, they come. Yeah, they're back out for the cricket. We'll be back to John Norman. We could get a result this afternoon. It is delicately poised. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, joining us in the studio to add some comedy proceedings based on the couple of minutes we just did <laughs> is uh, Milo McCabe. Milo, good to see you. Thanks. Hello, great, great to be in here. Yes.
2: Absolute now, privilege.
5: Now, yeah, Pete, you are uh, up at the Edinburgh Festival and uh, you're touring as well. There's just oh, one Leicester Comedy Festival Best fantastic. show. Fantastic. Fantastic. With your alter ego, with my alter ego,
6: yeah. Try I think your
2: social media team are a bit disappointed when I walked in today. Yes, think, they were like, can you well, stand outside and greet people? Where's well, the like, jacket? Yeah, exactly. well, a smoking I jacket. Not a real I, moustache.
5: I did point out earlier on. You do need a bit of warning. Uh, if yeah. someone is a character comedian, you do. He doesn't walk around in a in a velvet smoking jacket. <laughs> he, <looks> like, nobody <laughs> walks around like that in a forced moustache, do they?
2: Well, yeah. I mean no no
5: they don't no. thankfully <laughs> i've got my own little sort of corner yeah, you've got your own look although but, at, when we had uh, we uh, we were talking to angelos in character oh yeah, dan yeah, came yes. in yes. to be angelos and um, we saw him outside hello, Dan, lovely to see. Us. But when he came in, he had, he couldn't just sit there in his street clothes and be Angelos. Yeah, same. He had, like, to,
2: he had to wear the gear. Unless you're wearing the gear, you can't be Troy. It's like if you wanted me, if you wanted me to do that, yeah, I'd have yeah. had to have come in with the gear and everything, and it would have been interesting. But I just think I feel I'd feel for the interviewers because it's a bit of a yeah. tricky proposition. It is. You have to suspend an non- enormous amount of <laughs> yeah, disbelief. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, interviewing people
5: in character over the yeah. years uh, can, can prove uh, difficult.
6: Yeah. If, if people haven't seen
5: your stuff yeah. online or
6: you've got a thing at the moment, haven't you? Yeah, we're we're going to give you a 5 because we got,
5: got some. I, I said to Charlie, um, I just saw something on social media. I yeah. said, You know this guy, he's really funny. He said, Oh, yeah, Milo, he's great. Yeah, and he's been doing this character. And it's. Troy Hawk, and it's the Greeter's Guild. Yes. Um, this idea you had for Troy yeah. uh, to basically go around all the high street shops in this country and just stand by the front door yeah. and just be friendly as, as people go in and out. Something you actually think many of the stores could be doing anyway. They seem they seem
2: to push back on what you do. Some Massively. Them, they? they're, they're so confused. Like it's <laughs> it's the, the aggression and confusion that comes from somebody being nice for no reason is startling. Mm. But um, where it actually started was ages ago, I, I had a bit of material about Wilco's. So I made a Wilco fleece, got a red Wilco fleece, wrote Wilco on the back. The dot on the eye was a corn plaster. <laughs> I, I actually, technically illegal, I pushed it a bit, but I went into the store, right. full cravat, like slick back hair, moustache. And I went in the store posing as an employee, fully expecting I'd get kicked out in two minutes, right? I was walking past staff members, nothing. I filmed two camera in some ratten furniture. Nobody blinked. I started. I started tidying up, right? Started serving <laughs> customers, directing them about. I was in there an hour. And me and the filming guy came out and I said, how am I going to get booted out? <laughs> like, I swear, a gonna, manager's yeah. walked past me, <laughs> a, a, you know, like a sort of Errol Flynn new employee and just yeah. go, oh, yeah, 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 just, you know. So I said, how am I going to get booted out? I was like, I've got to stand outside and greet people until I'm kicked out. Yeah. And even at that point, one of the manager, the manager came over, and I think when you have... An accent like Troy has, and mm. when you you look as smart, people just believe you. Yeah. You just get away with murder. Mm. And I said, no, no, I, I I do work here. Your manager should have told you. I mean, all this has been approved. And she said, oh yeah, yeah, sorry.
5: Right. <laughs> oh really? And we're we're going to yeah. give people a flavour of it, uh, but unfortunately, we do have to return to John Norman at Trembridge.
3: Oh, where John, there's been another wicket. No. Yeah, oh. sorry guys. I'd rather, I'd much rather listen to that story, to be honest. But, uh, <laughs> roots out, and that's a massive blow for England. Too soon on the ship, possibly the ball sticking in the pitch trying to play to mid wicket and instead he's just deflected the ball back to trent bolt who is bowling beautifully well uh, remember new zealand are bowler down so the importance of trent bolt to this bowling attack cannot be underestimated matt henry with the wicket in the last over removing ollie pope caught behind but that's the big one roots gone cheaply for three caught and bowled trent bolt And uh, it means Bairstow's coming to the crease now with England still 243 runs adrift, 56 overs to bat out. They're 56 for three.
5: Thanks, John we back to John hopefully not that soon hopefully not for about yeah. two hours yeah. um, uh, yes we're chatting to Milo McCabe uh, about his uh, his uh, character uh, Troy Hawk, and we're going to play a little bit of it now I think Milo give people a flavour of it yes. if you can imagine a kind of 30s kind of uh, matinee idol slick back hair pencil moustache smoking jacket in the Cadbury colours standing outside your local Smith's or your local Wilco. In this case... B&M bargains. B&M bargains. So somebody just standing by the front door. Just before those automatic doors open, there is uh, a greeter there. Just to have a little chat with you. or on the way out, have a chat with you. This was outside B&Q, I think. Oh, this is lovely. Yeah, this is... um, We we give you a flavour of this before it all turns slightly ugly, but this was the the upbeat part then outside uh, B&Q with uh, Troy Hawk uh, and the Greeter's Guild.
2: Welcome to BNQ, madam. I hope you get everything you're looking for. Not just here in life. It's yeah, it's corrugated sheen, yeah. corrugated sheeting, but the birds have been using it for something else, haven't they, sir? Make sure you demand the attention of our staff. They can't wait to serve you. You you have the ankles of a tradesman. Excellent carry, sir. Nearly taken out by the doors, but we got that. You look ready for soft welding. We, I hope we have everything you need for your home improvements in our store. Enjoy your bamboo. Madam, I've not seen anybody manage to merge and match their hair with their working apparel. Never change.
6: <laughs> <laughs> and that's a real flavour. And it does make you feel like no
2: chops could do with this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that in in that video, though, that the woman that comes over could not have been played better by Catherine Tate. (laughs) I owe this woman such a debt of gratitude because she was so um, accidentally perfect. She came straight over... Where are you from? Yep. I was like, oh, I'm I'm from a greeter's guild aimed to imp- improve customer experience in a post-pandemic era. No, 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 no. We don't. We've had complaints. Like, What's the nature of the complaints? That you're greeting people. Right? So you, you don't like friendliness? No, no, no. I'm off brand. I'm off yeah, brand yeah, like, yeah. so this this woman and this might be a bit of a generalisation but kind of accidentally confirmed a lot of people's perception of B&Q's customer service Yeah. but what was interesting is it went pretty big on social media and B&Q kind of missed an opportunity to reply or address it in some way um, you know because they got at it a million times when I did B&M they were very clever. Mm. Um, so b and I did the video. Obviously, none of these people know I'm showing up. It's not a PR thing. they, no. they But once it's happened... Yet. Yeah,
7: yeah. <laughs> what yeah. what Ava- happens to Ava- Troy when he's being words. when he's
2: being booked? Oh no, that. that's it. I'm not <laughs> going. I'm not going to do that because no. oh, yeah. if I'm booked, by a, it takes all the the <laughs> fun yeah. and joy yeah, out sure. of it completely. Because they'll the say,
5: yeah, you, you you can't say that, but you can say that. And uh, yeah, I'm, you're, not,
2: you're, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not up no. for that at all. But no. but B and M rolled with the joke, mm. and I said, can you have a word with B and Q? Yeah. And B and M, to their credit, said, listen, our ampersand brethren, right? Which is a line I wish I'd written. Yeah. Yeah you need to check out the updated version of the guilders greet uh the greeters guild pamphlet yeah. and i was just like that's how you do it well done yeah, and they got it? a load of likes
6: i mean it's stuff. fantastic for you because you know lots of comics are very very funny yeah and travel around the country all the time making lots of big rooms yeah. of people laugh as you in know. some ways right. anonymously yeah you know and and, and then and then it, to find the thing that might just poke you out a little bit and 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 give you a bit of a, a profile so yeah. more people come and watch you. It's brilliant for you, Milo. It's yeah, that brilliant.
2: is it. It's tour dates, really. It's ticket sales and, yeah, and getting yeah. more people along. It's a massive adrenaline mm. dump. Like, yeah. like you know, immediately before it, I, I do. It's not like gigs. It's worse than that. My whole body is like, find a way to get out of this. Find a, <laughs> it's, I literally have to text the cameraman, go, right, see you in an hour. Yeah. I have to force myself into the shower draw on my moustache. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, right, this is happening. I can't but, get out of but you can, And it's fine when it yeah. starts, but yeah. it's just before it, just before I walk up to this place and non-consensually yeah. work there.
6: But you can handle yourself a bit, I know you do boxing as well, don't you? I,
2: like well, the reason I do boxing is because I got battered when I was 11, right. right? And so for a long part of my teenage years and into my early 20s, I have uh, had an over-adrenal response to any perceived physical threat right. so even being out in a nightclub or something if I even had the inkling that there was going to be trouble my whole body would go into like PTSD shutdown mm. so I thought the best thing to do to try and get hold of this is to go to a boxing club so I started going to a boxing club and I I basically became a very committed hobbyist Wow, uh, it's kind of similar to comedy in a way in the, in that you're always correcting bad habits it's learning to be relaxed obviously it's all Down to you. There's a lot of mentality Mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, But I I did get a bit overconfident this year. Uh, I'd been training a lot and I got in touch with uh, a white collar promoter. Yeah. And I said I would like a fight, and they said great, we'll do an exhibition. And I said no, this is proper midlife crisis stuff. I <laughs> I want to have an actual fight. Wow. they like, Are you sure? And I'm like yeah. And so I started training really hard, and that was great. And and I was very nervous. I was listening to Tony Bellu's audio book while I was um, jogging, yeah, yeah. trying to get in the get in <clears> the zone. <throat> I got to this nightclub in Liverpool, and it was a cage.
5: I wow, did and, and my my <laughs>
2: stomach went my when I looked at how scared my friends were for me. Yeah, I mean. You know, and, and, and I'll be honest with you, uh, the adrenaline dump was insane. Yeah. I've never had anything like it. And as soon as I got in the cage, all of my training technique went out the window. If it were a comedy gig, yeah. right... I screamed at the crowd for four minutes, nearly won them over <laughs> and then got booed off. <laughs> so, essentially, windmill, swimming, wow. but nearly caught the guy. The <laughs> Troy, set, Troy the Gentleman
5: Boxer would be yeah. some yeah. Perfect, character, wouldn't it? he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're Just trash talking, taking on people the audience. Tyson Fury. Yeah. But yeah. 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 I, got, I got
2: folded, like, yeah. you know, Amir Khan, Canelo Alvarez? Yeah. yeah. That's exactly yeah. how One of those, oh. Properly. There Mike, we sadly
5: so we're out of time, it's been lovely to see you. People oh, can catch pleasure. you on tour. Sigmund Yes, you are touring Show and you're all around the country still at the moment, aren't you?
2: Yes, I am. I'm in uh, Sheffield on Thursday at the wonderful Leadmill yep. uh, venue, and then following on from that, I'm in Dudley on the 30th, Stockton, Leeds, Leeds Liverpool. I see Liverpool, here, Manchester, Manchester and Hull, then Edinburgh, uh,
5: Edinburgh, and, Edinburgh Festival and then all around things. Europe as well. Edinburgh fantastic. Festival, well, yeah. keep doing what you're doing, and that's uh, uh, yeah, the Greeters Guild's a fantastic uh, invention, as is Troy. and Lovely to see you. Thank you oh, for coming an in, absolute
3: pleasure. Thank Cheers,
5: you so much. Uh, Milo UK, all the details uh, of the tour are there again we'll put up a link at TSHJ The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast We've got three live races a day for you for the rest of the week from uh, Royal Ascot beautiful weather um, and joining us now uh, from the course is our uh, top commentary team of Rupert Bell and uh, former jockey Lizzie Kelly, good afternoon, good afternoon. Both. Hello good afternoon You a fan of the flat Lizzie it wasn't your area of expertise but uh, do you love a bit of Royal Ascot
8: yeah, absolutely love it. Always used to come, even when I was, um, you know, riding, when I was a jockey, we always used to come to the Royal Ascot on the first day and um, have, a, have, a, have a few cocktails and a few bottles of champagne in the car park and a picnic and everything.
5: Oh, lovely. Rupert was a bit worried yesterday, Lizzie, that he's, he doesn't get the old uh, the suit out is, uh, for Ascot and the top hat out. He gets out once a year, and he thought the moths might have got to it. Is he looking okay?
8: Yeah, he looks all right. He's very pleased with himself because he's been been given a watch to wear all ooh, week, so he's sort of rolled rolled one of his sleeves up so everyone. He's <laughs> still learning to tell the time. Got really?
9: that? Got Casio? Got,
5: yeah, got Casio no, sponsorship. No, Big hands on the five at the moment. Little hands on the two.
9: <laughs> well, uh, Mr. I'm going to Mr. Longine. Oh, oh you know, there it is. Come on. He is. Here he goes. Yeah. 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 No, and I, I'm going around like Rodan the Thinker with my w- watch eye, you yeah. know, yeah. just saying, you've Slee- got to see it. He's the only one, like, one
5: with his sleeves rolled up. He's got some 80s. <laughs> you yeah, can see the striped <laughs> lining
9: of his suit. <laughs> <laughs> Does
6: anyone want to know the time? Tom Cruise like like in Like you get a new watch. <laughs> <laughs> anyone want to know the time? <laughs> yeah. Mr. Longine, indeed.
9: The only trouble is I've got to give it back tonight. Well, if you keep mentioning who it is, you might get it for another week. We know your game, Ruth but it's well, called doing an L in Brazil. Well, I've been <laughs> taught well by the master. But anyway, no, um, I no, I'm, I've talked myself up the moss. Uh, I found my waistcoat is a moth free zone. Beautiful. which is hard to say. Yeah. <laughs> After a raspberry mojito.
8: <laughs> You've been drinking. On the top <laughs> well, What was my invite? Oh dear oh, me! It's all, it's all
5: turned a bit nasty before race one. <laughs> it's A bit of edge. Now yes. the first race, guys, is is uh, wow. Well, it's it's gone in sixty seconds, isn't it? But we've got some uh, quality horses and a huge favourite in this first race.
9: Uh, Bayeed is. Mm. Um, a few years ago, Frankel was dominating the sport. Bayeed hasn't run as many times as, as Frankel, but he's unbeaten, and every time he runs, he is a, a joy to watch. It's as simple as that. And let's hope he's six to one on, which um, wow. Huge. I'm not even sure Frankel went off at six to one on. It tells you how uh, well it should be a procession, but you, you never know. But um, and in a way, I don't want him to be beaten because you want to see the best horses win. And I think that, you know whether we were at Cheltenham, or any, always want to see the best ones come up and top.
8: Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. This horse come here with a huge reputation by now that he's been building um, slowly. And um, I think the rest of the horses in this race are just not quite up to standard. Um, real World, for example, he's a course and distance winner at Ascot. He's got some good form, but he finished second behind Bayid earlier this season. And so um, for me, you know, I think he's the one with the best chance um, But underneath Bayid. But he's already been beaten by him. So, yeah, I mean, you are looking to see a spectacular performance from one horse. And, for, you know, that's, that's really what's going to kick off the week in the best way.
5: There are a number of quite hot favourites this afternoon, aren't there, Rupert? So it could be a, be a tough old day for the bookies. Our hearts bleed for them.
9: Oh, my heart bleeds for <laughs> them. But there's some really good racing. The King's Stand, you know, clash between Australia and America coming over. Can Europe put up a, a fight? Because it's billed as the big two. The St James's Palace Stakes with the 2,000 Guineas winner. You know, it's everything that you want on this first day. Three group ones. It, it's a day for the purists. Um, the sort of traditionalists come here as as the week then sort of descends into um, hen parties and stag parties and um, it gets a rowdier. But this is for the purists. This is mm. the purest day mm. uh, and as a sort of traditional day. But sadly, uh, no queen today. Um, mm. um, she's not going to be here today. But uh, they had the normal royal procession, so it it feels as as, as near as. Uh, a royal meeting as you would expect but uh, sadly no queen she's probably at the moment sitting on her sofa having woofed down the lunch which mm-hmm. the, the, her fellow guests would have enjoyed and now she's sitting down on the sofa watching the tv or i'm sure she's listening to talk sports. of course
6: of course you're getting called all sorts of names on the uh uh twitter and um, message board here, Rupert. Um, influencer being the main one. Oh yeah, with, with the long I mean. Rupert Bell <laughs> an
5: influencer,
9: yeah. Uh, oh well, you see, normally they have a dashing male model to uh, oh, pose yeah. their mm-hmm. things, like sort of like David Gandhi or whatever he's called. Um, you oh, know, yeah. and he's sort of hunk up, but clearly that's not my case. I have not been asked to go and do long posters. But you have
8: oh. had your own personal photo shoot today, didn't you, <laughs> with the watch? Oh, right, right. <laughs> is it age appropriate? This watch. Is
5: it a bit blingy, um, Lizzie? Or is it, does it? suit him this watch or does it look a bit odd? I, no,
8: it's quite understated to yeah. be fair. It's yeah. quite gentlemanly, perhaps a nice. bit more gentlemanly than the man wearing it but there we are. <laughs> <Lovely>. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's not very happy with that.
5: Get you. Uh, yeah, well, he's he's also got previous for falling over at Royal Ascot yeah. yeah. as the yeah. Queen <laughs> will. Handing it back to yeah. Longines. Yeah. What is, it's broken, it's Rupert. All, it's all smashed so in, Well, stopped. I would know, I'd, I'd a fall. He's at an age. He hasn't fallen over. He's at an age where he has a yeah. fall. He doesn't fall I,
9: over. I'm sure you don't do this to when you're handing over the Sam Matterface. Wind him up but he's about to do commentary
4: and he's trying to get his race face on. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
9: Baid now looming up on the outside of Real World Danny Tutto is trying to get to work and see if he can get a response from Real World he's getting response, Order of Australia picking up but Baid has just eased into the lead, now he's striding out with a furlong to go, Real World is being dogged but he's about two lengths down from Order of Australia but Baid is coming through to win, perhaps not as convincing but he's doing enough as expected, he remains unbeaten that was in the end just routine barely looks as if he's broken sweat, but he's only won by three lengths. Did exactly what he needed, no more than he needed to do. There was a minimum effort in that victory.
8: Yeah, but you could see the moment where the turbo kicked in, couldn't you? Where Jim Crowley said, all right then, off you go, lad. And it was immediate the response. He put distance between himself and um, real world there in second so easily. And like you say, you know, he's, he's not done that in the flashiest of ways, but he's done that very convincingly hasn't he
9: i'm just waiting for the time of the race so i can tell you by the official suppliers <laughs> 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 but he hasn't come up on my yeah. screen. but by it as well as the six to one off favorite real world at
4: 15 yeah. to two the hawksby and jacobs daily podcast The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
5: We asked you earlier on, and we cannot remember why, when a a kind of random line from a celebrity that sticks in your head, and you did tell us, so for example, Henrik Larsson, sweet or salty, Nico brought us earlier on. This was because uh, I met uh, uh, met Henrik Larsson, I take he's a Celtic fan, said nice things to him, and Henrik kindly said, "Uh, I'll buy you some, that's very nice of you, I'll buy you some popcorn, which is why he said sweet or salty. So you're just giving us the celebrity um, the phrase they came up with, (laughs) And uh, and then from that, basically, we get the backstory. The best one you love, uh, you love the one from Stephen. I Bolton, did Stephen didn't you? Bolton, which was
6: uh, Tom Baker. Tom Baker, and he said, uh, "Do you sell Dunlop Green Flash in a 12... <laughs> <laughs> it's very good Twelve Size 12 feet Tom Baker yeah. Tom Baker says to me When I worked in a sports shop In Manchester In 1988 Lovely
5: stuff uh, Spike Milligan Do you lay it as well <laughs> And the backstory there From Steve is um, but My brother Paul Was delivering turf To Spike's house My brother came back With a witty No I only deliver it Oh how Spike Must have laughed uh, oh, He yeah, said Very nice we got a few other ones oh, uh, yeah. here it's a real skill
6: laying turf pool
5: yeah Can roll out uh, it, <laughs> really yeah. I'll buy those off you Steve Davis that was oh, uh, the phrase in the map was he buying as a young boy I was trying to fill my Panini sticker book I only needed one player Tony Grealish of Brighton when I got my 50p spending money I went to the local news agent and bought 10 packs of stickers stickers were 5 p. So I I don't know where Steve Davis fits into that why did Steve Davis say no, that? We asked,
6: we, no, we need a back story we assuming the, the snooker
5: player not the footballer um, Phil Tufnell, it's not what it looks like. Well, Probably not. Could be any encounter with with Phil. Terry um, Griffiths. Do you want one? I, I need to give the backstory of that, Charlie. Oh, sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. That was me talking to a topless Phil Tufnell and a friend of his in a hotel lobby bathroom. His friend was checking his back for what I, what I can only assume was a spot. 20 minutes later, I was helping him into a lift and putting him to bed, says Carl from Bedford. Just a normal <laughs> night out for Tufnell. What did he think it was? looked like? I, don't, I, don't, I got, No, it's not what it looks like. Terry Griffiths
6: at a snooker yes. exhibition. Do you want one? And that was him offering me a cigarette,
5: and I was nine years old. <laughs> <laughs>
6: That's Jeff.
5: Uh, Thank you, Jeff. Mal Donachie. It tastes nicer from the FA Cup. <laughs> oh. And the backstory there is: after winning the cup with my amateur team, this is what Mal said when I offered him a drink of champagne from our cup.
6: <laughs> what a humble brag that is from Mal, there, isn't it?
5: Oh, uh, uh... uh, mate, my my flipping shoes. Uh, Gary Birtles. That was <laughs> pre-season friendly. Forest for Alfreton. I was juggling my pint, trying to shake hands with a great man, but just. Spilt it all over his shoes. Says yeah, Fraser. So we're looking for the celebrity, yeah. the famous person, and the phrase they uttered to you. We'll give you one more of these. Dejan
6: Lovren. Dejan Lovren. Yeah. I really hope this works. <laughs> I was serving Lovren in Holland and Barrett in 2019 for Arnica tablets, which helped speed up recovery of
5: bruising. Why was it? Could he not get them from the club? Yeah, he, maybe he didn't want to show his bruises. um oh, And here we go. Gemma Collins. Quickly lick it. <laughs> Okay. This is Pab in Stevenage. I was sat at a pub table in Leon C. My lad was wandering over with a couple of 99s melting over his hands. Uh, the GC was at the table next to us. So you can certainly see how that happened. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, do keep those coming. Talksport.com. Text 81089. Tweet TSHNJ. Let's check in with John Norman. Uh, it's the final day of the second test at Trent Bridge. It's delicately poised. John, uh, where are we at?
3: well, it's drinks, and we've got exactly 50 overs remaining, uh, as long as England don't lose seven wickets in that time, of course. The target's 225 runs away. Uh, So essentially a session and a half. I mean, normally you'd be almost looking to five o'clock and then the two captains shaking hands, but the crowd here, there's still a belief that England can chase this target down. How quickly uh, perception of this England cricket team has changed. You know, it's only a year ago where Joe Root refused to even counter... Uh, countenance a decision or the uh, the opportunity to chase down an almost identical target against the same team. But brave new world and all that and despite uh, the wicket of Joe Root and two others, Pope and Crawley, you know, with Bairstow and uh, Lees at the crease, Stokes still to come. Whilst those three wickets are intact, you feel England are going to continue giving it a go. Um, uh, we've seen uh, Trent Bolt, Matt Henry and Tim Sow, the all-bowl you know, a fair few overs now, so the brace is going to have to come on at some point. The the off-spinner Jameson, of course, is ruled out of the uh, of the match. So, yeah, we're still here. We're still expecting uh, something extraordinary to happen, whether that's a cluster of wickets or some uh, big scoring overs. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I think England uh, still believe. The fans here still believe. And uh,
4: so, yeah, we shall see. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
5: Tony Morley, the ex uh, villa player, and the phrase was, in a glass or a bottle, mate. <laughs> mm, very nice. Um, he was buying me a lager in a pub in Sutton Coldfield the weekend after he'd won the European Cup in midweek. So, it's, uh, Casto from Birmingham. The phrase that the stars used and the star themselves. You're telling us uh, those Yeah, very nice.
6: Kevin Keegan, uh, can I finish this first? Yes. I think we can all guess what he was doing while mm. someone asked. It was uh, in the cubicles, Paul. Oh, okay. Was in the cubicles. After going to the pub after college and having a few, I was getting the train home and needed the toilet. whilst well, I stood there, looked to my side. It was Kevin Keegan when he was mm. England manager. Flanked I said, at the latrines. I said, exactly, you've got to be, It was a long, long time. Can I have your autograph? To which he replied, can I finish this first? <clears> in a joking way, I waited outside. Got me pen and book out of the bag. Drop the bag with all its contents. Kevin, we pick it up and sign me book. Great guy. There we
5: are. Uh, Tom the Stoke fan's been in touch and we t- talking about uh, we spoke about kick-ins earlier on instead of throw-ins. He said as a Stoke fan, I love how after years of trying uh, to defend Rory de at a lot uh, with long throws. We finally rattled Wenger to this point. <laughs> he wants to outlaw the throw. <laughs> after all these years of playing Stoke, yeah, you probably back. Probably got a point there. Getting
4: back at Bolton and Stoke. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
5: We head back to Royal Ascot oh, for uh, our final race uh, of the show this afternoon. The big one, the 3.40. Uh, and uh, Rupert Bell and Lizzie Kelly will bring us commentary uh, very shortly of the King's Stand State. Good afternoon again.
9: Good afternoon. Nice. Good afternoon. So a bit of excitement.
5: A bit of excitement around this one. What is the atmosphere like today? If there was a feeling that now everybody back in Royal Ascot in numbers, it would be... It would be a great atmosphere. Has it
9: been that today? I think it's been rather, it's just been rather relaxed because okay. it's not going to be the biggest crowd of the week. Hmm. But it's, um, as I say, it's much more of a traditional crowd because, look, it's Tuesday, this is a five-day festival yeah. and, you know, people may be gearing up for a weekend. You know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So this is very much the traditional Royal Ascot crowd will be in the Royal Enclosure, you know, it's sort of like... They, they would say, over my dead body, would I go on the Friday or Saturday? Do you see what I mean? You know, because we've always gone Tuesday. We will always go Tuesday. Oh, nice. There's a bit of that. And Lizzie and her fellow jockeys would always be here on a Tuesday because um, they just were. <laughs> and they would party on.
8: Well, yeah, and also with jockeys, of course, you know, Saturdays tend to be a bit more racing or whatever, mm. so...
9: Well, you could have been at Stratford this afternoon. They're racing at Stratford, so mm. that might have precluded
8: you when yeah, you were back in your... Yeah, very room. much so. Yeah, could have done.
5: Is there ever a bit of a, a thing between flat jockeys and jump jockeys or not? say, you all get on. When you, say, a, when you say a thing, Paul... I just <laughs> I just wondered if like, there's a bit of a <laughs> bit of needle, a bit of edge. Crossing the streams. Coming do down mean? here, yeah. looking down your nose at us because there's no fences. I mean, you know, call that... Call Call that riding. Anybody can do that. It wouldn't <laughs> go in a straight line with nothing in front of them.
8: Well, I don't know if people thought it, but it wasn't said. Should we it oh.
9: Which seems oh, to suggest it possibly, possibly yeah, was. Wow. Wow.
8: So, so
9: what do you say to Frankie Dettori, you know, age 51 and he's still doing it?
8: Yeah, yeah try the Grand National, mate. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it is. That was,
5: line was ready. Yeah, you had that far too quickly up your sleeve not to have said it a million, a million times before.
8: Did you ever do any
5: flat racing at all, uh, no, young? I didn't.
8: Yeah. No, so my parents trained jump horses, right. so okay. um, yeah, I never. I, I worked for a few flat trainers over mm-hmm. the years, sort of learn a little bit and um, get to grips with those younger horses. But yeah, no, I was always just a, um, obsessed with jumps, really.
9: And Nature Strip is going to be the last into the stalls, I think with that one absentee, Mondamej is out, they gave him every chance to get into the stalls, but he wouldn't, let's see who's out quickly, and Golden Powell looking to see where he's got, and he's actually missed the break, and he's uh, right down in the mid-div, and he's uh, not probably what they wanted, Kings Lynn, but it's out in front, is the Czech Raider Pontus, is out in front, then looking down the middle, Man of Promises right up there on the far side, Winter Power, tracking that one is Arecibo, coming down the middle, Nature Strips in a good position with Pontus, and Golden Pal now has got to where he wants to be which is near the front but Pontus just has it they're spread across the winter of the course and uh, Pontus Winter Power is the one on the far side running a huge race she is but Nature Strip is currently cruising under James McDonald. now can he keep it going trying to pick up from the back we've got uh, Muni Esther also on the far side Nature Strip is still had it, and here comes Twilight Calls is trying to pick out of the back but nothing's going to get to Nature Strip that's absolutely thrown this field and has come home to win by four lengths ahead of Twilight Calls. What a performance there! Absolutely routed the opposition. As I finished the commentary, I nearly knocked Lizzie's hat <laughs> off her head. The Hawksby and
4: Jacobs Daily Podcast.
5: There we are. That was this afternoon's Smashing. show. Uh, we will do it all again we'll tomorrow. Do tonight, a lot fun today. With more it live racing today, and uh, we'll reflect on England. Uh, don't forget, you keep it talk sport for that game, seven o'clock kickoff. But for now, thanks for listening.